Welcome. You've tuned in to Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You are meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Hello, everyone. I'm Raphael, and I'm Michael. And the purpose for our show is for awakening souls, developing intuition, and fulfilling purpose. Today's episode is number 24, and we have titled it, Lessening the Suffering. Don't add insult to injury. And we have a very special guest today, Dr. Alan Cooper. Whenever we invite a special guest to be on our show, we look for people who are in some way living the miracle in their own unique way. Today, we're honored and blessed to interview a man that definitely fits the bill. Dr. Alan Cooper, a respected and beloved healer in our mountain community, that is Mount Shasta in far Northern California, is a practicing doctor of chiropractic medicine, a chronic pain specialist, and a medical hypnotherapist. In fact, he has been our go-to family chiropractor for many years. We love knowing Dr. Alan Cooper and his wonderful family. We love his chiropractic work and consider to be him to be a quiet, unsung hero in our small community, a true treasure. Why is that? As capable of a chiropractor as he is, and he's had his share of miracles treating his patients, he's been living the miracle as a remarkable healer on a more global scale as well. For instance, in 1999, he and his then-wife Sally and their clan of eight children ended up in Kosovo. That was immediately following the horrors of ethnic cleansing and other atrocious war crimes against Albanians led by then-Serb and Yugoslav leader Milosevic. When Dr. Cooper and what Dr. Cooper envisioned as a month-long stint for his family to help out at the refugee camps launched into a four-year Cooper clan caravan of goodwill, healing and peacemaking through the wastelands of war and the violated lives of the Kosovars. But miraculously, In that process, each member of his clan blossomed into a new life into the grace daily shared by the very Kosovars who they were there to help. So, Alan is no stranger to witnessing and experiencing miracles on a daily basis. As well, he has seen and helped heal in his professional career, in his peacemaking work, and in his personal life Countless souls suffering from both acute and chronic pain. His recent fifth book, Subtracting Insult from Injury, was just released in which Dr. Cooper presents what he calls his Budeo-Christian art of transmuting pain. And we have Alan on the line with us right now. So welcome to Living the Miracle, Dr. Cooper. Thank you so much. I'm just I'm laughing because listening to your beautiful words, Raphael. I mean, of course, I'm luckily I'm not on TV because I'd be I'm beat red. I think. Blushing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But thank yes. you, God. Deserved. And it's all true. Well, you know, uh, Doctor Cooper, I I think I can't remember if it's the first time or the second time, but. I had the pleasure of meeting you when you were hosting your own local TV show, mm-hmm. and you invited me to be a guest on it. And I recall on that one, your youngest son, Abel, at that time, he's, a, I think, a high school student. He was running the technical aspects of the show, the camera and the crew and everything. It was a wonderful experience. And now we get to have you on our global radio show, it's like that slogan, uh, think globally, act locally. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. So 
you were in Kosovo with your family of 10 from 1999 to 2003, correct? No, we, it was a little, it was, it, uh, we left um, 2004. Oh, 2004. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, a little, like halfway through 2004. So, yeah, I say four years. It was about maybe four and a half years and, uh, that we were there. And how did you end up there at that time, and where did you come from to get there? Okay, you know, the, uh, it's interesting. Like in the book, you know, I say every time somebody asks me the question, I try to be in the present, you know, really trying to dig and say, what what was that? You know, what, and, and, and interesting, you know, I just don't even think of this word miracle that, that much, but... Um, yeah, it, it was a total miracle that that, uh-huh. that got us there, and it was a miracle that kept us there beyond the month, you know, that I thought would stay. But, uh, you know, we didn't have TV in the house, but one day uh, Mike's wife, Sally, I'm just going to say my wife for, for just uh, all intents, so I don't keep saying ex-wife, it sounds negative, <laughs> yeah. but my wife, Sally, um, she came home from the health club one day and on and said, God, there was this, there's this ethnic cleansing. A million people are, are having a walk out of this country. Their cars have been stolen, their passports, and they're walking into their neighboring countries of Macedonia and Albania and, and Montenegro. And, um, you know, we, we should go help. And I remember feeling like, oh, we're not going to go help. You know, that's, that's crazy. You know, we're, we're, we're already doing good. You know, we're, we do our healing work and, but it just, um, it became a huge thing. It's like for, for a few months, that's all we could talk about. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, should we do this? And, da, 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 and just in following it. And I had never heard of Kosovo before. You know, it's not a, mm-hmm. it's, you know, before the ethnic cleansing, I don't know how many people in America would have known that, that word, Kosovo. Yeah, and that's correct. It was part of Serbia. So, um it just, you know, finally, um, my oldest son, you know, he he said, you know, I, well, I can't wait for us all to decide. I'm I'm going over there, and he volunteered, found uh, uh, this group called Balkan Sunflowers, and they they needed people to help uh, with with children. Ah. And uh, he went over. He flew over and ended up going to a refugee camp just days before. Um, Everybody was released. The Kosovars were released to go back into Kosovo. Milosevic uh-huh. had relented and left, and uh, so uh, he went. And my two oldest daughters um, went uh, just that summer to supposedly do to, to Europe to do a uh, a tour of Europe uh, of museums. And uh, but they met up with Casey. It was just a coincidence, and uh, uh-huh. went to the whole long story. And then they called and said, forget museums, forget Eurorail, we're going with Casey huh. back to Kosovo. And it was fun. And in, in those days, you know, the freedom of, of the older ones, you know, they didn't have to ask our permission. It was, you know, it was understood that we trusted them and, you know, it was frightening, but, but you know, we just trusted them. And uh, oh, about great. a month and a half later, Sally and uh-huh. I and the five younger ones went for a month Wow! And in that month, uh, we ended up making a documentary movie. We just we totally <laughs> fell in love. It, and but the other thing is, for the only time I think in my life, daily I was using the word miracle. Like it's a miracle, it's a miracle. And I had uh, never uh, said that word before in that context. I guess I'd used it grammatically, you know, but I had never, ever, ever, ever said before that feeling of it's a miracle. But it, it was just. What, what it was it? All that? felt so, you know. So it it was clear by the end of the month. Um, uh, Helen, even what Abel, was it? who you speak of, who what was, was sick that, at the uh, time, you... nobody wanted to go back. Abel said, "Oh, I've just met the best friends of my life. Do we have to go back to America?" And we came back and got our affairs in order, and and then uh, went there and moved there and just declared to the people there that we're living here. And, and yes, uh, Alan, yeah. what was what made you? experience this it's a miracle what what kind of experience what were you looking at that made it such a miracle every day um well you know i i compare it to like uh 
uh, humorously to Forrest Gump, you know, those movies. Or I guess there was another one, Zelig, that was like that, where suddenly you're around famous people all the time or things are happening that you're not guiding, you know. So, uh, yeah, one day uh, in the city we were in, the, the head of what they called K4, the Kosovo Force, um, you know, he, he heard that we were, this American family was in the city and he requested, and he sent somebody to request that we would meet with him and didn't know what he was going to say, like, you guys shouldn't be here, there's a war zone, or you didn't ask our permit, I, you know, never knew what was coming and and he came and he was Italian and through an interpreter, you know, he just said, he was just beautiful. He showed us his holster and he said, you see, I don't even have a gun in my holster. He said, I'm like, I'm like you, I'm like your family. I believe in peace. You know, I'm really here to help with peace. I don't, you know, I'm a soldier, but I don't believe in war. And he was the, uh, the Italian general assigned there. And then he ended up saying this line like, yeah, uh, uh, um, little people can do big things. You know, mm. and it didn't seem at all like a, it, it was just a pure compliment. Didn't feel like because that's how we felt. You know, we had no, we didn't have backgrounds in diplomacy. There was no, you know, we didn't really go there per se to do um, healing one at a time work. Even though we opened mm-hmm. up a little free clinic and did a little of that, so. Um, what was it like just day, day after day, you know, uh, uh, people who had just seen such unbelievable suffering were, were just coming up to us and, and the, uh, in the glee in their eyes and their, you know, and we, and we'd always have an interpreter with us, although sometimes, uh, like I remember this one man who, we didn't have an interpreter, but he would just go, telepathic, like we're telepathic, you know, he just, <laughs> yeah. just all were suddenly, they adored us, we adored them, it was, uh, uh-huh. I compare it to like, you know, we love oxygen that the trees make, but the trees love the carbon dioxide we make. It was just yeah. some, it was just some, and nothing expected. No, uh-huh. there wasn't, hadn't been a prevision that it was going, that these people who had just been through such horror were going to, um, yeah, like lighten up. So I remember Abel just in his six-year-old talk saying, yeah, you walk down the street and you see somebody and they have a sad face and you say something to them. And he said, then they light, lighten up like a flower, you know, they ah, like a flower. And is know, that, six, is that, said, um, so when, it was, when you're in this, just, uh, Helen? it was really, uh, Helen. Yes. Yes. When you're, when you're in this situation in, uh, as a healer and as a person as well, you're in this war-torn country. You're amongst these violated and devastated people, fresh in their wounds and in their mm-hmm. pain. How how did you personally handle that? How did you deal with? You know, it's it's difficult for a lot of healers, sensitive people, to be around such you know, suffering on a mass level. How did you uh, cope with that? You know, it, it's, a, it's a great question. And, and uh, e- even in my practice now, and, uh, you know, besides doing chiropractic, you know, we, you know, we like to say chronic uh, uh, pain management and, and uh, medical hypnotherapy, you know, for a while, and you remember when you came on our, the TV show years ago, I was so concentrating. I'd written a book about cancer in those days, and all I wanted to deal with was cancer patients. And to this mm. day, if I have a cancer patient that comes in and we're doing deep hypnotherapy to, you know, promote healing and clear things out, I, I get a funny kind of, I, I'm, I'm, um, I'm. Uh, I feel an excitation being around mm-hmm. um, the meat and potatoes of you know where 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 the rubber meets the road, where where yes. suffering meets the miracle of healing. I I just somehow um, yeah. So I don't have that feel. You know, maybe I get burnout. You know, and exhaustion afterwards, and and uh-huh. I just go through it. But I've never felt this feeling of wanting to protect myself um uh-huh. and so, so yes. while i was there and all this was going on and 
Yeah, I mean, people would grab me and, and, and not, not literally grab me, but, you know, say, oh, you have to come treat my paralyzed uh, son or mm-hmm. something. When he was running from the Serbs, he fell out a window and got paralyzed, or they beat him up, and he's, you know, and I, I would just go do it, and, and, and by the way, never have, I didn't have those kind of miracles, you know. Nobody who couldn't walk would walk, and I'd say, mm-hmm. why, God, why are you doing this? Why are you throwing That's these things good- in front? that I cannot do and yet I always would you know there was just something in me I said I will never say no and I will always go and who knows what happened you know who knows what little miracles happened because you know even if the big you know maybe my ego wasn't prepared yet to be a person who made a a paralyzed person walk and maybe I would have gotten too big a head or something it wasn't meant to be we're coming up on our first break sorry to interrupt you um So we'll let you finish that. Hold that thought. Yeah. And um, I just need to make a little announcement before we go on break. Um, for our audience, make sure to check out our website, michaeltamora.com, for all our upcoming events. In fact, we have a new series of teleclasses we're teaching currently. The next class is Saturday, July 28th from 10 a.m. to 12 noon Pacific time. This one is titled... Know Your Future to Live Your Present, The Purpose for Developing Precognition. When we return in a couple of minutes, we'll continue with Dr. Alan Cooper about what we can each do to lessen others and our own suffering. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Many of us define our lives by what has already happened. It's a past tense series of events. Do you long for something else? You don't have to live solely in this reality. Tune in for To Win Within with host Strom Thomason. Strom and his guests are here to introduce you to your true self. It's time to emerge from your box and take a beautiful journey of self-love and discovery. You'll find yourself exactly where you need to be. To Win Within airs live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. What makes someone successful in their field? On Transformational Energy Leadership, Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey speaks to amazing guests who share their ideas, advice, tips, and tricks as to what defines success for them. The result is positive transformation for you. You'll learn that personal energy is the key to make it work, and you'll hear through actual examples how to bring that positive transformation to life. Listen live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Are you ready to tackle the rules of business? You may think you're doing everything by the book, following your own best practice beliefs, bringing in endless consultants, only to find that your business is not moving forward. That's where you need to stop and figure out where things are going wrong. Enter Business Rules with host Peter Feinstein. Peter and his guests will break it all down for you to help you and your business succeed. Listen Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Welcome back, everyone. Today we have here with us Dr. Alan Cooper, Doctor of Chiropractic Medicine, Chronic Pain Specialist, Medical Hypnotherapist, All-Around Healer, and Peacemaker to talk about his experiences and how to lessen ours and others' suffering. Mitigating suffering is such an all-important conversation in this world. It reminds me of the story of Buddha giving a tiny mustard seed to the unconsolable mother whose baby had died and he told her to go from home to home to every family in the village to give the mustard seed to the first family she finds that has not experienced death in their family. 
The distraught mother does as she's instructed by the awakened one and goes home to home through the entire village. She not only discovers that every family has suffered the loss of a loved one to death, but many of them had gone through multiple deaths. Even more important, she gets to experience how each person is coping with the loss of a loved one and hears story after story of their experience. By the time she returns to the Buddha still holding the mustard seed, she has been transformed in her understanding of life of suffering. You and your family, Dr. Cooper, must have heard so many stories of love and loss from the Kosovars when you were there at such a tragic time. What did you learn about the mitigating of suffering from that experience? Oh, yeah, let's see. Uh, a great question. Well, I love that you just brought in this whole idea of, uh, of Buddha and, uh, and you know, there's the word dukkha that, that we can either talk about or another time. But, um, yeah, I think, I, I think what I learned was that, um, you know, and, and again, I, I didn't look with the, we, we had nothing, we had no preconceived like what we were looking for. It was like tabula rasa, you know, we, we were pulled into this thing and we said yes and we went. Um, yeah, what I learned was that the, 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 what, what would appear to us to be the most unthinkable pains and tragedies that if, if somebody feels, uh, you know, beloved for, the, what they're going through and not, ah, you see, see, this, this was important. You know, people would say to us, oh, you know, the United Nations and all these wonderful groups, they come in, they give us houses, they build this, they, they do this and that, but they look at us like we're sort of, uh, um, um, ruined. They, you know, they treat us like we're, we're ruined, you know, and we know it's some sympathy, but, there was something that happened where we just seriously fell so in love with these people that, you know, we would, we would treat them like they were saints. We would treat them like whatever they had been through had, like, sainted them. And it really, and, you know, I could tell you this one story if we're meant to tell about the woman who lost her five sons and she would, yes. you know. Yes, let's hear so that tell one, Okay, this one quick story. So when, when we were there, you know, we were dealing with the Albanian uh, Kosovars who had been the victims of Milosevic. But also in the country, 10% of the people still were Serbian Kosovars, and they were, after the war, they were being protected a little bit because, of course, there'd be some feelings of, well, will people seek revenge on them, and et cetera. But, so we always were dealing with the Albanian Kosovars, and I wore this hat that Albanian villagers in Kosovo wore, and people would call me, uh, yeah, Nieri Maplisi Bar, the man with the white hat. So we, we only were there for the Albanians, and one day somebody contacts us and says, uh, to, uh, would you and Sally give a um, closing speech at this weekend gathering of young people that included young Serbs, Young Albanians, Romas, we were talking about Romas the other day, you know, Romas, Turks, all, all these different groups. And, um, and we felt like, oh my God, if we go speak in front of something where Serbs are at, it's going to, the Albanian people who believe in us so much and we have such a close relationship with, it's going to be difficult. So we went to this woman, Mahana Lushi. Mahana was, I don't know, 70 or so. Um, just months before, in this village of Chushk, there had been a, um, the Serb paramilitaries had gone in and rounded up every man from 16 to 85 and um, put them in three different houses and uh, with machine guns, killed all the men, miraculously one man from each house, like it wasn't killed and I ended up treating one of them. But all these men were killed and that day Mahana's five sons were all killed. Because many villagers, you know, the, the, the kids would grow up and stay in the village. Her five grown married sons with children all were rounded up and murdered that day. And, and we had met Mahana, you know, several times. We worked a lot in that village. And uh, 
Mahana was full of just incredible grace all the time. She looked like, a, a, again, a living angel. But we went to her and we, and in Albania and we said, we've been invited to do this talk. Serbs are going to be there. You know, please tell us what we should do. Because if you think it's too painful, we won't do it. Because I thought, of all the people who had pain, she was the quintessential, had the biggest loss. And she just thought for a moment and she said, you know, when my, when my kids were little, they played with the Serb kids. You know, Serbs and Albanians lived in the same villages. The kids would play and they all loved each other, she said. And she said, I want you to go do this talk because I want the kids to be able to all love each other again. And... It was it was that kind of spirit, you know, that we would see mm-hmm. in different ways time and again. Like, how could she not have hate for the Serbs? They'd killed her eight, her five, her five children, you know, and, and uh, yeah. So that's... you know, that's what I learned. I learned that yep. you know, grace is a real thing that some people really do have. Some people have heart attacks and. They're more full of grace afterwards than they were before, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so some people, you know, this whole idea of subtracting insult from injury, real people really do that. You know, we have living examples of that. You know, we do here in Mount Shasta, you know, we felt it there in Kosovo. And so I think knowing that, you know, starting with that, starting that um, the way we deal with trauma and the way we deal with pain is is often more essential to our life than uh, what happened to us you know did here with these people with tremendous trauma and many of them had total loving and if they were just met you know with some love and appreciation they mm-hmm. like Abel said they bloomed like flowers you know yes. yes that's so true of anywhere in the world under any circumstances that is such an amazing story alan and um you know i always see grace as coming from some form of when someone has really done their forgiveness work even if it was the most painful thing in the world for them. So uh, what an incredible story. I hope someone uh, writes a book about that. Uh, (laughs) Oh, somebody did. And I I think there's someone uh, close by who wrote a book about that. (laughs) Luckily, I mentioned it, yes. Yes. uh, The the title of your book, I love the title of your book, by the way, your latest one, Subtracting Insult from Injury. And of course, the common saying is adding insult to injury, right? <laughs> yes, and right. It's to describe kicking someone when he's already down or rubbing salt into their wound. It could be someone criticizing and making fun of someone else who's already humiliated. Mm-hmm. Or a person saying, how could you be so stupid to do that to a person who just broke her leg in an accident? <laughs> and so... Right. I told you not to do that. Yeah, like that. Or, or parents can say that to the kids. I told you not to touch the stove. Like you Exactly. Know, uh, yeah, so give us a few examples of, you know, how do we add insult to our own injuries? Yeah, well, let's see. Uh, I wonder if I have that page where I just write all the things that people say. But, well, uh, you know, again, uh, somebody's, you're, a person's having a like a dense day. They just wake up and they're having a dense day. And instead of, you know, understanding that, well, you know, uh, sometimes the earth wakes up and it's cloudy and... Uh, um, you know, it's, but 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 what we humans do is, well, you know, we'll often so micromanage what we're feeling that on that dense day we'll say, yeah, I'm a drag. I think I always feel this way. I'm a loser. You know, I think I'm just mm-hmm. depressed. Uh, you know, if anybody sees me, they're going to hate me. Um, yeah, just the, you know, and and a lot of these things are subliminal. You know, we almost have to slow our mind down to hear. You know, or. Uh, you know, you feel a little lump under your arm. Oh, this must be cancer. Or you cut yourself. Oh, this is going to get infected. You know, it's just this yes. automatic um, 
fear in reaction to pain or guilt or, or blame. You know, um, I wouldn't have cut myself uh, cutting vegetables, but you you upset me or something. I was upset <laughs> to yes. two hours ago, so I cut my <laughs> finger while I was, you know, just uh, this... Um, Yes, you upset me 10 years ago. <laughs> yes, so, <laughs> my, mo- yeah. my mother once said I was a such and such, so now yes. I'm, you know, I'm going to live yeah. my life that way and blame it on her or something, you know. And and I don't mean to mock, you know, that this is how we humans are, you know, but there there is a whole way that we can, you know, like I, I say, if 364 days last year, everything worked great, but one day something terrible happened, and I used that one day to prove that life is a terrible thing, you know, that is, unfortunately, you know, a way the human mind can often work. I had a trauma, and therefore, um, therefore, when I have some pain in the present, I'm going to believe that that pain is because of that trauma. And if I believe that, then I'm telling myself I'm ruined. I'm kind of marked as opposed to, wow, 364, 365 uh, fifths of my life is blessed. I'm going to use the bad day. And, and if I, if I say a story, so again, if I have just a natural cloudy day, which all of us can have days that are less than other days, but I seek a reason for it. I can like then cement in that I'm actually a, uh, I'm, I'm marked, you know, you hear people too say, I must have an X on my back. Everybody hurts me or everybody or God hates me or. Uh, <laughs> you know. that, that, uh, if God hates me, then that covers all the bases, doesn't it? <laughs> that's pretty, that's pretty, that's pretty black and white. Yeah. Yes. That, so, yeah. so then, uh, Instead of adding insult to our injuries, well, your book is talking about subtracting it. And this is, this is one of the most important things, as you say, that to heal ourselves and, and to lessen our suffering, correct? The, the yes, more yes. we subtract the insults we put on ourselves already, on our wounds, on our pain, the lighter it's going to get. And uh, would you kind of mention, okay, what's the beginning? What's the first step in, in starting to subtract those insults? Oh, well, that's a beautiful question. Well, you know, I think, it, you know, and the reason why I, the book title isn't Don't Add Insult to Injury, but it's Subtracting Insult from Injury is just that. It's because they are so often already built in. They're very, it's like real automatic. Uh, and and uh, so I use anxiety and depression as, as this example. If I feel heavy in my gut and then... Maybe it's for another time we talk about, you know, dukkha and uh, cosmology and astronomy and all these reasons why I go into why that that can be that is not personal at all. But I feel heavy and I push down that heavy feeling in my gut. And the way I explain it, I press it down. I create a depressurized zone in my gut. I don't want to feel heavy about anything. Or, you know, maybe it's a specific um, uh, I had trouble in my relay. I had a bad day at work and I feel, I'm just feeling heavy and oh, da, da, da. And I push that heavy thing down just automatically. I depress it and then suddenly I have this empty spot in my gut soul and it's depression. I've depressed, you know, so it's automatically there. And every time I feel heavy in my gut, I'm going to press it down. And when that energy just starts to rise up, despite my pressing down, I'm going to call it anxiety. I'm going to say, wow, energy is just coming through my gut. And I don't even know what the heck I'm going to do with it. And I'll call it anxiety. And then maybe I'll go get an anti-anxiety, um, di- you know, anxiety diagnosis, and I'll start to take a pill. But even sub clinically those who aren't clinically called these things yeah people all the time you know i see people every day are saying oh i'm a little bit bipolar i'm a little bit this i'm a little bit that i'm a little <laughs> bit this 
and they use these things, and I, I'll, I'll try to joke them, you know, which is one of the yeah. hypnotherapy tools. I'll say, yeah, you know, I, I heard the earth is going to a planetary psychiatrist because it, 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 it said, oh, I think I'm the earthquake planet or I'm the tsunami planet, you know, because, and, and the planetary psychiatrist says to the earth, no, you know, 360 days a year, you're the sunny planet, you're the beautiful planet, you're the verdant planet, you're rich, and but, you know, uh, we humans use the one little bad thing that happens, and we, we make definitions around it, and that is a big thing that I think our whole race has to get over, this whole no. assumption that it should always feel good, you know, because then... Okay. We're always making the cup is half empty. The cup is All right, empty. Alan. We yes. uh, have a break coming up right now. Sorry to interrupt you. Um, do fine. hold that thought because I know there's more to the answer that you have coming up there. I'm going to hold that uh, thought. Coming up on our second break, uh, when we return, we'll continue our exploration with our guest, Dr. Alan Cooper of Lessening Our Suffering by Not Adding Insults. See you in a couple of minutes. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Do you desire to have the happiest, healthiest, most abundant life possible? Free from emotional hurt and pain and full of physical, spiritual and emotional health and healing? Listen for Surviving to Thriving. Denitra Gary, your clinical social worker, takes you on a journey of knowing who you are from God's perspective as she gains insights from counselors, speakers, and educators to give you knowledge into who God created you to be. Tune in Wednesdays at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Do you sometimes feel that you are powerless and control over your own life? We all face challenges in our lives that we can overcome. Just ask Chantel, the host of Chantel Inspires. She has overcome so many challenges in her life and has successfully emerged as the victor rather than the victim. Speaking from personal experience and also from the experiences of her guests, she is here to help you turn the downs into ups and be your best self. Tune in Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. That thing you seek is within you. We all want to feel valuable, fulfilled, and accomplished in our lives. Yet for many, no matter how hard we try or where we look outside ourselves, the answers seem elusive and unknowable. Connecting with your authentic self is key to a life of peace and tranquility. Listen for Center for Tranquility with host Alma Phillips. You'll learn how to put the pieces in place and get the big picture of your life on earth. Tune in Thursdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Hello, everyone. It's good to have you back and welcome to those of you just joining us. Our topic today is Lessening the Suffering. Don't add insult to injury. And we have here our special guest, Dr. Alan Cooper, who has just published his fifth book about this very topic titled Subtracting Insult from Injury, A Budeo-Christian Art of Transmuting Pain. And um, Dr. Cooper, you were just answering our question uh, and starting uh, to talk about what is the a first step someone can take in starting to pull themselves out of all that pressure and pain and anxiety that you described how we got into in the first place? Mm-hmm. Good, yeah. What, what, what comes up first is, um, you know, because many of the people listening to this show uh, will be meditators, and and I and uh, something I really became aware of recently with meditation is you know people meditate and often they find their their minds are 
getting too busy and they're, oh, I can't meditate well. And they're, you know, so it, 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 it's an example of the cupping half empty. But by making the, understanding the cup is half full is if we are meditating and we hear our mind working and we see what the mind is saying, that is, instead of treating it like, uh, oh, I'm failing, I'm not a good meditator, I can't clear my mind, what, what are these things, hearing the insults that we say and not adding more insults, not becoming, I'm a lousy meditator, or I can't believe I still am running all these trips in my head when I should be, you know, what are the trips, you know, we, so, uh, or just meditating on seeking to, to say, what are these things that I, as an individual, say to myself all the time? What are the little okay. things of like, wow, I'm too heavy, uh, you know, or I look this way or I look that, you know, pe- you know if we stop for a minute and maybe you want a person would want to write them down, but in a half hour meditation, or in a five-minute meditation, we can start to hear and identify what our brain is automatically saying. And, and over I, I and over it. again, right? Over, yeah, and, over and over and over. Yes, yes. Over and yeah, over. We, and then there's you know, the we, little ones, and I say these, the, these little tip-of-the-iceberg ones are good to, to see, like, um, uh, I must have slept wrong. That's why, you know, uh, I overdid it when I was a child. You know, I, I overdid it yesterday. You know, there's all these like, you know, and, and then there are the common ones like humans just say to each other all the time as if, well, they must be true because we humans are always adding these little insults. So I find that the very, that, that what I do, because I just have to practice this all the time, you know, I, and- I, you know, there's all these things every day and you know, the little insults and I'm saying, oh, well, come on, Alan, practice what you preach, you know, and just... If you start looking for them, they're just built into who you think you are as a person, you know, little, little, you know, and again, some people have worked very hard on themselves and are maybe 90% past using those, you know, negative um, appraisals to explain their life. But with most of us, you know, there, there's all you need to do is slow down for a second and say, yeah, what's my head running all the time? What am I feeling on a... You know, yes, and, and, and the best time to do it is when you feel bad. When you feel a little bad, just spend five minutes meditating on that. What is my head saying right now? Because what your head says in those five minutes of meditating about in a time of feeling bad, if you say insults, your body makes adrenaline and cortisol, makes these fight, fright, and flight chemicals. And those chemicals make you feel more anxiety. And then when you feel more anxiety, your brain will say, "Uh oh, I think there really is something coming up that I really am afraid of. I don't even know what it is, but it must be bad. And when the brain says that, then more chemicals happen. So the vicious cycle of any one negative thought that creates uh, the bad chemicals as opposed to the good chemicals, serotonin and dopamine. Okay. Endorphins. Uh, Yes. Alan, um, I know in your book you have kind of a self-meditation uh, uh, list of questions to ask yourself in a kind of a meditative state to go in and look uh, at what these insults are that you've already piled on and let it start to come out. Do you have like a very quick, you know, one or two minute process that you can run us through, like uh, uh, look at this and, and then uh, this process that you talk about in your book. Can somebody do that on a, you know, several times a day, not in a 30-minute meditation or even a 10-minute mm. meditation, but just they're going through the day and then something happens and they find themselves kind of going through this upset and everything. Is there a quick way they can address that right then and there in a matter of a minute or two. Yeah. Yeah. Let me see. I'm going to even open up. Uh, yeah. I'm going to open up. Uh, you know, well, I, I, 
you know, to, to start, I call this quick process uh, that we can do the answer, and it's an acronym for Autonomic Nervous Systems Wisdom Endorphin Release. So that's A-N-S-W-E-R. Which that's is pretty the good. Answer. Autonomic nervous. So the autonomic nervous system is what uh, what I started to say. Either the body will make endorphins or uh, these great chemicals, or it'll um, have the, the bad chemicals. So, yeah, what I talk about and what a person listening to the show could do in this minute or two right now is okay. You take some big breaths and open your body up as best you can and just feel whatever it is you're feeling. Feel whatever you're feeling in this moment. You know, feel the the sensations and you concentrate on where in the body are the sensations and then you concentrate on what emotions because this thing we call emotions often are actually um, thought related as opposed to pure energies that we feel you know I feel expansive energy or not contracted but what are the emotions we feel with the sensations um, you know then we you know do do we hear this voice? You know, is there is it a is it a um, is it a voice that we uh, recognize, or do we have to dig in uh, to to this voice? And then we invite, if we aren't feeling a sensation of any discomfort, we invite. Um, uh, a sensation of something that I know maybe tomorrow is going to bother me or bar- bothers me like once a week or regularly, we invite, you know, we change that aversion we have to things that when those things come up, they just catch us by surprise. And we invite that, that injury uh, up into our consciousness. And we see that if we tr- start to subtract the insults, the words, the, um, what we believe, the, the defeat, the failure, the fear, the death, all these things that can happen, then as we have this pain that we've invited up, we, in the moment, we start to see ourselves like letting the insults go down, what I call the trickling stream of grace and the trickling stream of grace is like a river of time and it's a different river of time than the river of kind of karmic junk that we go through uh, daily like uh, bad things come up and maybe we react badly to it which then you know makes more bad karma or bad feelings in the future we hurt people's feelings we feel bad about ourselves but if we invite up a pain and we see anything, any insults for ourselves or others that are around that and we let those things, we just see them, we are in time. We are drifting through time whether we you know, know it or not and we just let those things go ahead of us down the trickling stream of grace. We let those thoughts go. We don't hate ourselves that we've had those thoughts. You know, Raphael mentioned forgiveness before. You know, we absolutely forgive ourselves that the whole human race has added, history is one continual add, insult added to injury of ourselves, of others, wars, ethnic cleansings, hatreds. But we just, yeah, the little ones that we can catch around a, a situation that we've conjured, we let them go down the trickling stream of grace. And if you're, if you have a minute and you're laying back, but even if you're sitting, the trickling stream of grace goes in the direction of your head towards your feet. And if you just take some breaths, you'll feel it because it's the river of time. Time keeps going. Time keeps moving. And, uh, yeah, so at the end of the trickling stream of grace, all these things we've gone through, all these little pains, at the end there's this huge no pain, no gain. There's this huge gain, you know, that everything that we've experienced in the end is uh, accumulates as grace, you know, that this is, uh, you know, we are healing something, and we heal it in ourselves, we heal it in others, you know, we... Uh, you know, as we as we let these things go in ourselves, or we, um, the Buddhists have a, this process, 
Kong Len, you know, where you can take somebody's uh, troubled energy into yourself, and in yourself you turn that energy into into light, into love, and then you send that energy back into their bodies. It's it's uh, you know again you know it's a, it's a longer discussion maybe, but yeah, you know a lot of people out there maybe will be familiar with that. So that, Ellen, that's my that's my four minute version. I love the uh, the trickle of. Grace. That's a pretty amazing idea. And the direction is very much like grounding. So it goes Mm -hmm. into the earth and and is released and cleaned out. So Mm -hmm. thank you very much for that. And um, I'm very uh, interested, and I'm sure many of our uh, listeners would be too, is how can they get a hold of your book? Ah, that's great. Um, They could go, it's uh, Subtracting Insult from Injury, um, Dr. Alan Cooper, D.C., the author, that's me. And uh, they could either, they could get it on Amazon, but uh, they could just go uh, uh, www.balboapress, Balboa Press, all the one word, B-A-L-B-O-A, balboapress.com, and they could order it there. And um, if anyone wanted to contact me and get an autographed copy, I have some. Um, Miracle Struggle, all one word, miraclestruggle at gmail.com. And anyone wants to say a, a comment or a question or, or order my uh, passbooks or anything, Miracle Struggle, M-I-R-A-C-L-E-S-T-R-U-G-G-L-E, Miracle Struggle. And uh, I've got a website coming up through Balboa Press, but it isn't complete yet, so I, I, think I, I don't even know. Um, I'll have it soon. Thank you very much, Alan. Dr. Alan Cooper, uh, it's been a pleasure having you on our show. And um, we're going to end the show with just a, a little bit of talk about uh, what we have coming up next Wednesday right here on Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. We'll have another extraordinary guest by the name of Brenda Michaels, who is the co-host, along with her husband, Rob Spears, of Conscious Talk, the radio that makes a difference. We'll explore with Brenda the topic of illness as a teacher, a friend, and a gift. So it goes right along with this today's show. Brenda wrote the book titled The Gift of Cancer, A Miraculous Journey to Healing after healing herself of the dreaded illness. Of Brenda's book, Dr. Bernie Siegel, the renowned surgeon and best-selling author, said, everyone needs to read this book. Be sure to join us for this next Wednesday right here. If you like our show, please remember to tell all your friends about it and share it on your social media. And check out our website, www.michaeltamora.com about our Hawaii mini-retreat that's coming up this weekend. And our new teleclass series, You Might Be More Psychic Than You Think, Developing Your Soul Abilities for Spiritual Growth and Fulfillment. On Saturday, July 28th from 10 a.m. to 12 noon Pacific will be our next teleclass on Know Your Future to Live Your Present, The Purpose for Developing Precognition. Until then, be inspired Use your imagination and follow your intuition joyfully. This is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth.